and welcome to the Parker J. Cole Show After Show Q&A session. Today, we're going to be talking to my returning guest co-hosts and contributors today, Linda and Rich Nathan. You may remember, but we spoke to them on June 11th, and we talked about psychedelic seduction. We talked about how more psychedelics are entering Christian circles and in the church as people rush forward trying to find an experience as opposed to having a relationship with Christ. Well, I got to tell you, that was has been one of my most played shows so far this summer. And so we had a lot of commentary and questions come in from that show. So I invited Linda and Rich back to answer some of your comments and questions. And so here they are right now. Linda and Rich, how are you doing today? Hey, Parker. We're, we're happy to be back. We are overjoyed at being able to be on your program. And, you know, we don't, it's not uh, real fun to get the spiritual warfare <laughs> <laughs> that comes along with it when we're disturbing the kingdom of darkness, but we're trying to hang in there by faith. Right. Amen. Because this is a really important issue. And a lot of people are being seduced by the promises of psychedelics, just like we were many years ago. And before I get into the comments and questions, I want you to reiterate that you are seeing this again and why it's important for someone like yourself who's seen this to speak out against it. Well, to me, uh, it's more I've been thinking about it. I felt like the Lord really brought it back to us. I mean, we were 14 years into the New Age psychedelic subcultures in San Francisco and West Coast way back in the 60s and 70s. And uh, so we've we've really had quite a lot of LSD and, and mescaline and marijuana, high-dose marijuana, THC and stuff. And back then, yeah, it was low-dose, but we were very aware of the psychedelic effects of it. And it's been in the last few years, it's been dawning on, uh, us that this is uh, coming in big time through uh, places like Harvard uh, Medical School, Johns Hopkins. There's all this research in psychedelics is now coming to the surface. It's been underground and stuff for many, many years since the 50s and 60s, but CIA was experimenting with it for a long time. But in terms of being acceptable, it's suddenly surfacing as a science of, you know, your mind and uh, studying ways it can help you. They're claiming all sorts of help for it. And we're seeing it among Christian circles. Christians seem pretty ignorant of it. Uh, and so the Lord has really brought it back to us and laid it on us to write this booklet about psychedelic seduction and what's happening. And uh, so we've been really thinking and praying about this a lot. How can we, how can we uh, share without sounding like we're two crazy people coming out of the drug culture, how can we share it in a way that really shows the dangers of it, um, that this is not something to play with? So yeah. And show it being humble about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yet uh, also strong in the spirit about it right. because it needs to be said. It needs to be said forcefully. Yeah. So, And there don't seem to be anybody much out there saying these things. I don't know. Maybe they are. We just haven't found them. But so that's where we're at. And I want to read a quick quote from your book, Psychedelic Seduction, Drugging the World and the Church. And in your introduction, you quote a youth pastor. And the youth pastor says, I am a youth pastor at a large church and I smoke weed every day, that I am not at service Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. My Lord still loves me. And this quote is actually, it's a bizarre quote because you're sitting here basically saying, I'm a drug addict and it's okay. And so this is why you wrote this book to let people know this is a dangerous place to be in. And if you want to get a copy of Psychedelic Seduction, Drugging the World and the Church by Rich and Linda Nathan, simply go to lighthousetrails.com and go ahead and get your copy. I think it's only $2 to get 
it. It's a short book. And first of all, I have to tell you, I love the cover of this book. I didn't get a chance to go into it in our last show, but the cover has mushrooms growing out the ground and this psychedelic river <laughs> going here, kind of you know, emphasizing what's going on, but it's giving you that very lurid, very fuzzy feel. And that's what the seduction of psychedelics is. It's luring and it's a fuzzy feel. But at the end of the day, fuzzy feelings change and they dwindle away. And with seduction, you have to keep being lured and lured some more. And that becomes it. So there's a lot more to discussion. If you want to hear that discussion, simply go to pjcmedia.net to hear the original conversation. But today we're going to focus on some of the comments and questions that we received from our listeners and supporters of PJC media. We couldn't get to all of them, but if you want to talk to Rich and Linda, we'll give you an opportunity later on in the broadcast to speak with them. So let's get started with this Q&A, Rich and Linda. So I'm going to go to the first one that we received on that day. And this one comes from David from Springdale, Arkansas. David, thank you for joining in the conversation. And in response to our show, he says, emotionalism can do the same thing. And I want you to kind of start off that comment because I, I kind of understand that what he's saying is that psychedelics can cause you to continue to chase after experience. So can emotionalism. But what do you think he means by this particular comment? Yeah, well, I'm not entirely sure what he means by emotionalism. I wonder if he's referring to like charismatic type worship, you know, where people get, you know, jumping around and get into a frenzy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's in the scripture, it talks about be joyful, be alive and burning with the spirit. And, and it talks about the very moving power of the Holy Spirit working in the church and in the hearts of the Christians in the church. And that is a moving thing. And talking about coming to, to tears at certain points, when I listen to the kind of old hymns, I mean, you know, back to the Reformation and, and the revival, and uh, but there is also a place for self-control and using your mind, because the scripture emphasizes that the change from a pagan mind to a, uh, a renewed mind, a renewed mind yeah. you know, and a, and a mind that reflects the glory of God and the humility of Christ. So, uh, you know, it's not a matter of emotions. Basically, it's a matter of truth. You know, truth, if truth is moving us to joy, then that joy is a good joy. But if we are being moved by a artificial truth, then it may look on the surface like like a, a wonderful experience. They, some would call it a spiritual experience, but it isn't based in truth. And therefore, it doesn't help set us free. It, in, it does just the opposite. It puts us in chains and it says, be very careful how you live and not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And that's a good segue into our next comment we received from Jeremy in Dothan, Alabama. Jeremy, thank you for joining in the conversation. He says, for God to be God, ultimate authority, top spot, all that, he necessarily has to be the initiator of whatever experience we're looking for. If we try to make the experience happen, we become the initiators. We take the role reverse 
reserved for God, and by extension, we presume to become God, regulating God himself to something that serves us rather than the other way around. Jeremy, thank you so much for your comment. Rich or Linda? I would say that was very well said. Yeah, and the thing about the idea that you can drop a pill and have a spiritual experience is so bizarre. It's a wonder more people don't don't, uh, think about that, especially in the churches where we've seen movements, especially among the youth groups, uh, toward you know, using these drugs. Yeah, I think that was a great, great mm-hmm. summation. And one other thing was, is that I believe it's witchcraft. When you start trying to mess in and, and make these experiences happen yourself, it's very easy then for the devil to come in, demons to come in and yeah. start feeding you stuff. Yeah, and working in a mental institution and seeing the fruit of trying to use drugs to be in contact with God and, and seeing what was really going on is these people were incredibly deceived and And they'd say, oh, God is telling me this and says, like this one woman said, God was telling me to fall backwards and let my head hit the floor, but not try to stop myself. And I've been trying to get to that state, but I can't quite get to that state and obeying God. And I said, that is not God. (laughs) No, I don't think the good Lord would do something like that. She got very mad at me. Not a God who was telling her to hurt herself. Okay, I get it. You see insanity face to face. It's it's quite a lesson. Yeah, and we should be ever so thankful. My mom always said that the Lord to keep our mind because when that goes, it's a lot that happens. And so the next comment we received is probably one of my favorites. We got it from Erica in Roseville, Michigan, and she says, wow, interesting topic. There's so much help in God's word to prevent us from getting caught up in worldly things. We can do what we want, but we can't control the outcome. Worship God and you'll have an experience. Practice obedience to God and not excuses and you'll have an experience. Be holy because God is holy. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Wear the world as a loose garment. Cast all my cares on the Lord because he cares for me. Trust in the Lord and not my understanding. Study God's word so you can rightly divide it. Erica, thank you so much for joining in the conversation. Rich or Linda? That was really beautiful and I uh, really appreciate what she's saying. The thing that's occurring to me as I was listening is how how different the mind of Christ is and that he's renewing in us as born-again Christians from the pagan mind, the unrenewed mind. It's really very different. And to try to mix the two is can be very, very deadly, devastating. We don't use, well, I believe these drugs are basically sorcery methods. They What they do is they activate your pagan mind because we still have the, that has fallen, fallen mind in us uh, until Christ takes us home. But a Christian is meant to be being renewed in their mind. So I think everything she said sounded like try to walk in that renewed mind. Yeah. So our next comment slash question comes from Anna, and it's coming from Tip, Arizona. Anna, thank you so much for your question or comment. The only demonic influence I've ever had while smoking weed was eating half the food in my kitchen. I once saw a cloud pirate while on shrooms, and when I tried LSD, I was 100% convinced I should become a fashion designer because I saw all of these brilliant colors and patterns. I didn't see the big guy upstairs, nor did I ever experience demons. 
I think you get the experience you're looking for. If you've got negative things going on in your head, you're going to experience bad things when your senses are altered. Then she says, I will be interested to hear your take on Christian's microdosing as a form of healing. And I thank you so much for joining in the conversation. Rich or Linda? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I've looked into that whole microdosing thing uh, rather extensively, and there are no studies that actually confirm that it really does much. Probably people would agree with us. And I've never done microdose. We did full dosing, but there are no studies to date confirming its usefulness. And uh, people are hoping that it will, so, and you know, so they can avoid the problems of a stronger high. But you might ask yourself, what does it do to your body in the long run? What does it do to your genetic code that you don't know about that you might pass on to your children? How do you know at what point you think a microdose will push you over the edge never to return. Richard has certainly seen that in the, in the years he's worked in the psychiatric unit, and it's happened to others. So those are my warnings about just stay away from it completely, the whole thing. You, you don't need it, and especially if you're a Christian. As I said earlier, Christians do not need this sorcery, these sorcery drugs to be led back into pagan thinking. And an unclear mind, that's another thing it does to you, is it really warps and, and twists and, and makes your mind unclear. It may seem like clear at the time. You might, like, I can remember dissecting a sardine high on mescaline, and it was like I had this tremendous focus, and I could see all the organs and all the parts, and it seemed really cool at the time. But there was a warping that went on in me as I look back on that many years ago. There was a warping of my soul, and it's not something you can discern at the time necessarily. I just, I'm, I'm here to warn you. God saved us out of yeah. it. We're here to warn you. Do not take this stuff lightly. So. Yeah, and it is truly like playing with fire. Playing, or nitroglycerin. You no, know, or, or with a poisonous snake. Yeah. And behind it, I really believe, are demonic entities that yes. do not have our good in mind, yes. but rather that we be destroyed or kept from Christ and, you know, unable to, to repent and be saved. And uh, like when I, in the hundreds of experiences I had, you know, I was basically an atheist. I mean, I believed I got converted to the idea there was a spiritual realm. I, my Marxism and materialism said there's nothing but matter and energy and that's it. And through LSD, I saw, that, well, there's something else. There's this realm, mysterious realm, and I seem to be being taught by wise masters. But in the end, it was like I was being uh, subtly put in chains, mm -hmm. you know, and they were chains that you might have velvet linings, but nevertheless, they were chains, mm -hmm. spiritual bondages to evil. Mm -hmm. See, I didn't realize in the spiritual realm, there is both good and evil, but the good is ultimate. The evil is temporary, you know, and what does it say? Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And I never got anything out of LSD about Jesus Christ. Oh, no. You know, quite the contrary. Yeah. And the turning point for me was God opening my eyes through a vision, I guess to call it, that I was in bondage to sin. And I didn't even believe there was such a thing as sin. And when I did acknowledge that, yeah, I was in bondage to sin and I wasn't going to get out of it myself. Then finally, what made 
Jesus, this scripture, what made sense was that Jesus saves. And I, before when I was a pagan, I just didn't understand saves what saves from what mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and then I began to realize that saves in that context means rescued. That Jesus Christ rescues us. And I thought, and I needed to be rescued. I suddenly accepted the spiritual teaching that is the scriptural teaching, and that and that was the beginning of the the whole turning of our lives around. And of course, it, God had done a miracle in our lives just shortly before that, and really startled me. But the healing. It did not convince me that there was a God, but realizing what sin was, mm-hmm. I began to see what salvation was and that God was good and that I loved my wife. You know, we'd been married for 15 years, but our marriage was in bondage and we were in a terrible place together. And at the same time, when I realized that God was good, I also realized that I loved my wife. I didn't even believe in love when we first met. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I was thinking about all that, how amazing the Lord is to connect it all back to uh, this microdosing to LSD, the whole thing. A little bit of poison disguised as good uh, is not going to do you good in the long run. And it's very, very dangerous. That's all I can say. People are going to have to read the scripture and, and what it does eventually to your mind and your spirit. It's a miracle that we're alive, that we're reasonably sane, I always like to say. And I just thank God Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. I'm not going to squander it away with some kind of titillation through some kind of drug. No more. For those of you who follow the show, I've talked about Rich's story with his wife when we first met talking about their book, The Glittering Web, which is a semi-autobiographical story that I know you're going to enjoy. I, I love the story and I blew up their PM reading it. That's how we connected was through their story. So if you want to get a somewhat semi-biographical with a lot of fiction in it, go ahead and pick up the copy of The Glittering Web. Can't wait for the third installation of that book. We did get another comment that I'm going to read to you now. We got it from Seal in Warham, Massachusetts. And Rich, this is one definitely geared for you. Rich Nathan, founder of the Columbus Vineyard Church. He's not an teacher. There are things Rich Nathan believes with, which I disagree pretty strongly, but he's a legitimate Christian, not a New Ager. You may mean some other Rich Nathan. It's not that uncommon a name. Or you may mean Nathan Rich, critic of Scientology. So just for the record, which Rich Nathan are you, Rich? <laughs> I'm, it doesn't sound like any. I'm any of them. Well, you know, I'm not any of the ones described in there. Uh, I'm Richard Nathan, who's married to Linda Nathan, who uh, has written some books, and that's me. But if you want to know about my where my name comes from, you know, I don't know if I've ever said that or not, but it came from a forged passport that my father snuck into the country <laughs> with and in the 1940s, and the FBI wouldn't let him in on his real name, which was Gerundo. He was Italian. And anyway, uh, but he kept that the name off the passport and he became Julius B. Nathan. And so I'm his son, but the name is not the family name. Well, you should tell why he snuck had to sneak into the country because he was a well-known socialist agitator in America and they didn't yeah, want well, him. not in America, in Europe. In Europe, but he traveled around that year. Actually, he knew Mao Zedong at one point before he was premier of China. 
So yeah. he was an old radical, fire-breathing radical, and uh, raised his sons as Marxist revolutionaries. Uh, and then Richard yeah. got saved, praise God, <laughs> praise God. You know, he kind of like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, he was like Bernie my Sanders. My father was like Bernie Sanders, except he didn't have white hair. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, at least we know we have the right one now. We got Chris from Columbus, Ohio. He said, I agree, but some of the biblical stories are people who did extended fast that likely contributed to altered mind experiences. What's your thoughts about that? I've heard that kind of argument before. I know that our brain is capable of different levels of consciousness and of different levels of, you know, just being aware or awake that we can have things that seem really strange and supernatural happen to us. But once again, I just have to reiterate, regardless of what might happen to us in the natural that, you know, maybe we don't understand, stay away from the psychedelic drugs. Stay away from uh, these very evil, harmful drugs. They're like nitroglycerin. They're like depth charges to your soul that can really realter everything and change everything. Uh, it might seem good for a while and then it can it can suddenly turn on you like a snake. Now, this idea of extended fasting, and I, I've heard all that. I know about, I've never done that. I have fasted, but I've never done that kind of fasting before. So I've never had it happen to me. I would say if you're going to do that kind of extended fasting, I would really make sure it's from the Lord and that you're you're staying stable physically while you're doing it, even if you have to eat a little something along the way or something. I mean, I believe it's very biblical to fast. It's, the Bible talks about when you fast, but I think you should do it carefully under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and that ask the Lord to protect you from supernatural experiences that are not a, not from Him. So that's, that's my thought on it. When it comes to fasting, it's not that you're ingesting something to create an experience. It's more so your body going through a change. But they often do say you're not supposed to fast long because it can be detrimental to your health as well. I know my sister on a really severe fast. I did not agree with her decision to do that, but she did. She fasted for close to 70 days. And next thing you know, he had to take her to the hospital because she was having problems with that. But she said, I really want an answer from the Lord. And I said, I understand that, but I don't want you to get killed either trying to get an answer from the Lord too. Yeah, it was, it's, it's interesting. And I'm not knocking anyone's thoughts about that. So for, if any of our listeners may have some ideas, feel free to contact me or contact Linda and Rich with your thoughts. We would love to hear them. Yes, yes. We'd love to pray for you and, and talk with you about that more. It can be very harmful. It could all, maybe maybe God has, I, God is calling you to a long fast. I don't know. I know I was a, can't remember the name of Bill Bright uh, years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I was a Campus Crusade for Christ uh, organizer, I believe it was that. Yeah. And he uh, would fast once in a while for 40 days at a time for revival. But I believe he felt called do that. And I don't, you know, it's between the person and the Lord. Just make sure it's really from the Lord when you're doing yeah. it, if you do it. And making spiritual techniques yeah. can be a very dangerous path yes. to get on. Like yes. there's a book, The Celebration of Discipline. Oh, right. Richard Foster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's full of those occult yeah, and and it, it's a real mixed bag, and really it ends up that he advises people to worship the images that he creates in his own mind. That you see, yeah, that you, there's a lot of dangers in the spiritual world. I think we it's better to be cautious, better to be really make sure you the Lord is calling you. Yeah, keep close to the Scripture, keep yeah. close to the church, and in loving and caring and being having a a humble heart, but this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus, who in very nature God did not 
consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, or uh, King James says, made himself of no reputation and humbled himself even more to became a servant and uh, humbled himself to be crucified on the cross. So the, the real thing we should be looking for is the humility of Christ. That should be the, the measure of what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so the next comment we received was from PJ from Facebook. PJ says, looking forward to listening to this one. That was at the time we posted this. But I don't think we should demonize the drugs that are illegal and assume the ones the pharmaceutical companies develop are less dangerous or more helpful. For people with breathing issues, narcotics are terribly dangerous because they're there are receptors in the breathing centers of the brain stem. There are no cannabinoid receptors in the breathing centers, so at least using cannabinoid wouldn't cause additional breathing issues in someone who is tripoding to catch a breath. Using drugs to get closer to God, though, there is no shortcut. Read the Bible and pray. PJ, thank you so much for that insightful comment there. And I think she actually shows where some of the nuances is for certain people when it comes to drugs, health, and spiritual wellness. There is that weird murkiness that she's talking about. She's saying don't use drugs to try to get closer to God, but then there are people who do use certain things for health related reasons. So that's where I think she brings up a very interesting question. I don't know if you guys have the answer or not. If you don't have the answer, that's fine. But what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, well, you know, the scripture talks about false humility and uh, that that can be very dangerous, that the the point of fasting was not health. Fasting in, um, in Israel was not health. It was humiliation, being humble before the Lord, you know, fasting, you know, putting on a uh, a horsehair coat, which is <laughs> agonizing to the skin. And it's a question of you're putting your body in a position of humility and that God sometimes honors those kinds of things, those fasts, if your motives are uh, in line with godliness. It's not a technique. You know, you, you don't get close to God by techniques. You get close to God by faith, being humble and trusting in the Lord that he will do what he says. And he said that he came to set the captives free and he will come to set the captives free. And that captivity, nowadays, a lot of that captivity has to do with drugs. Now, there's a difference between a medicine and we use the term street drug, you know, it's and it's not there's a there's a big chemical difference. It's how it's being used. And I'll tell you, just seeing people uh, like there was this one young man I talked to and he says, he said, yeah, the first time I smoked marijuana, I stabbed myself in the chest with a, with a kitchen knife. And, and he pulled up his shirt and showed me this big wound. And I thought, God, you know, what a terrible fruit of the wrong use of drugs and, and a wrong understanding of God. I'm glad you said that because and you don't have to actually respond to this. It just really underpins what you just said. Colin from Facebook said a tree is known by its fruit. And everything you just said really underpins 
his comment and his, his comment underpins your, your statements. That was really insightful. Our last, our second to last comment we're going to respond to today is Paul from Napoma, California. And Paul, thank you for joining in the conversation. Paul says, on my first acid trip, I was laying on my back in the field at night looking up at the stars. At that point, I realized how small I was in comparison and started thinking about God, which was something I hadn't done in a long time. So there's that. God will use anything to get your attention. Paul, thank you so much for joining in the conversation. Rich, Linda? Well, number of thoughts. I don't want to disparage his experience if it was truly of the Lord leading him to him. But I also thought about God a lot when I was in the New Age and in the spiritualist church and in uh, taking drugs. And I can't say it brought me closer to Jesus Christ or to salvation or to having faith in Jesus Christ or the Bible. In fact, I never read the Bible back then very much um, at all, if I could help it. And um, I just want to say it's so easy to be deceived. He doesn't define who this God is that he's thinking about or, or what his response was. You know, at least he's starting to think about. Let me interject here, Linda. I know, Paul, he is a Christian, but I think he's just talking about how that led him down a certain path. I'm pretty sure he doesn't do it anymore, but I don't want to put words in his mouth either. Well, that's, that's really good to hear. But, you know, I've, I've heard that kind of general statement, you know, well, it makes me think about God. And, uh, you know, when I was in a spiritualist church, uh, being a minister there, I thought about God all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't do me any good in terms of actually you being saved. Right didn't have the right God. Well, yeah, it was a real mixture of stuff there. So anyway, that's just my warning in that well, kind of situation. I can give you an example. I was working with this man in a carpentry situation, and he was a real on-fire Christian, and I would say he just was went into foolishness. And at one point, he was talking to me and telling me how he would go over to his girlfriend's house, and they'd smoke pot together. And then he said, and then I'd get out my Bible and read my Bible. Well, to her, right? Yeah. And uh, anyway, two things happened, I think. One is that she became pregnant. And the other thing is she was, he got in this terrible car accident and had this brain concussion. And one of the reasons was he just he was always late and he would tear in real fast. And as he was entering this building area, he got T-boned by someone and uh, got uh, pretty severe brain damage. But it actually made him more humble. He stopped being sort of like a spiritual braggart and uh, was was a humbler man. And uh, I mean, I can't say I know that God allowed that to happen for what purpose or not, but it's just, it's really good to uh, avoid evil and that he, he couldn't see that the pot was uh, r- related to these terrible things that happened to him. Or to his ungodly relationship with his girlfriend. Yeah. So anyway, that's our view. And I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because this affects people coming from all different sorts of backgrounds and thoughts about these things. And so what I really enjoyed about having these various comments and things is that we're we're addressing this issue and we understand that it's not always clear cut and dry, but that's why you you know, you seek the Lord for your answers. You get draw closer to him and he'll draw closer to you. A lot of people say, Well, I was looking for God, I didn't find him. I said, Did you draw close to him? Because he's there, he's waiting for you. He's 
very much well aware of what's going on. But that's another subject for another time. I can't think of a better way to close out our session today by just mentioning what Gloria from Detroit, Michigan says. Gloria, after she listened to the show, said, that was really eye-opening. The time of our redemption draweth nigh. And Gloria, thank you so much for that comment. I can't help but think that, you know, you and Rich saw this as something you needed to discuss. People need to know that psychedelics are seducing our children. They're seducing our adults. And they're luring them away, trying to promise them an experience instead of wanting to find a relationship. And I think one of the reasons why is because relationships in and of themselves are very difficult. They're complex. And sometimes it's easier to just have the experience without the person there with you. But, you know, the more you get to know the Lord, the sweeter he becomes, the sweeter you begin to draw closer to him. And that's a high. There's your high right there. Like Erica from Roseville said, you want to experience, obey the Lord. (laughs) You want to... uh, You want to experience worship him. You want to experience do that. So I really think that was a good comment to close on our Q&A today. But I would love for you guys, Rich or Linda, real quickly um, before we close, go ahead and give people an opportunity to connect with you online if they want to have further discussion. Well, you can write to us at authors at richardandlindanathan.com. That's also our website. And we have booklets in our book and we have free um, download there of the uh, prequel to The Glittering Web, uh, which is a series. Our third book, by the way, should be coming out early in the new year, God willing. And feel free. We'd love to love to have you. We also have a, a, a glittering web the Glittering Web page on Facebook. You can go there. There's also another page on uh, Facebook for um, the cross and the marijuana leaf. That's one of the booklets we wrote for Christians about marijuana and Christians. So that was written a few years ago. So anyway, that um, we would love to hear from you. We really, really appreciate it when people write to us. And even if you've got problems and or you just got questions, because we just feel like this is a, a topic for the times that God has called us to and helped us survive through all the many years when we didn't know him and we were lost in that jungle of the counterculture, the drugs, the the woke, what they call woke now is simply uh, the same old paganism back then. So um, I think that should do it. If I can read uh, a little bit out of the psychedelic seduction, which I think captures the thrust of what we're trying to do here. So, and it says, thus, although the psych Psychedelic experience can seem like a captivating realm full of spiritual beauty and mythological vision. It's a gateway to deception. Psychedelics can destabilize our mind, create strong delusions, and lead to madness. They are depth charges to the soul that can amplify the imagination in ungodly ways and catalyze lawlessness. Such drugs are especially dangerous for Christians because they inflame or ignite the fallen pagan mind, increasing vulnerability to vain imaginations and doctrines of demons. And that's sort of a quote from Colossians 2.8 and 1 Timothy 4.1. So that sort of summarizes our message. And uh, Parker, it's always a joy being on your show. And because you are such an understanding heart, we are very grateful for this opportunity. Thank you so much. And thank you for being part of the discussion. Thank you for letting me highlight this book. And Rich, I know that we are at the end of our show. So just go ahead, do a quick prayer for us, and then we'll go ahead and shut it down. Well, okay. Oh, Lord, you are so good. You are so wonderful, Lord. And in you is love and great patience. 
an endurance of our sins and our rebellion. But Lord, you died for us that we might come to God. Thank you that this eternal and unbelievably deep sacrifice was out of love. Cause of, of God, who is rich in mercy, has raised us up with Christ and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this uh, program. Thank you for Parker. Bless her and her family. And we thank you for everything in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And for those of you listening, you can pick up your copy of Psychedelic Seduction, Drugging the World and the Church from LighthouseTrails.com. And it's a short book. It's only about $1.95. So go ahead, take that coffee money and go ahead and get this book today. Thank you to Rich and Linda for being with me on the show. I always enjoy having them. I've come to really see them not just as guests, but as friends. They've been helpful for me offline as well as online. So I pray that God just pours his buckets of blessing over you. And to our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Parker J. Cole Show Q&A session. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious blessed day. And God bless.